Hello, everybody, and welcome to Kingdom Rint Sound of Play 220. special part one uh part two to be coming soon but there's just so much cool castlevania music that we uh we felt the need to split it up you may have noticed that i am not your regular host but uh my name is leah haydu and with me today in sound of play 220 is mikhail croder hello hello so every 10th issue in Sound of Play, we do a little bit of a special issue. Uh, so today we are not actually going to be uh, taking community suggestions. Uh, however, uh, every Wednesday, we do usually bring some of our and your favorite pieces from the many video game soundtracks we've enjoyed over the decades. Uh, today, all requests uh, are uh, on hold for just a little bit, uh, but please do keep them coming in. Uh, we do love them and they will be back next week, uh, as long as there is not a composer on. I don't actually know, but uh, we do love to have uh, suggestions from the community, and those do get played in all of our regular sounds of play. This is going to be our Castlevania special. Uh, you heard coming in uh, a track that is probably familiar to many people who like the Castlevania series. Uh, that was Vampire Killer, and it was from Castlevania, which released on the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Famicom Disk System in 1987. Uh, the music in that game was by Kimio Yamashita and Satoe Terashima. Uh, you're going to hear those names again, uh, I promise, because they do come back pretty frequently, uh, especially since a lot of the tracks in the first Castlevania are remixed and uh, rebounded in, in a lot of the later uh, entries in the series. But before we get full on into the series, um, I want to go ahead and um, preface with a, a little bit of both of our histories with the series. Um, you can find a little bit more, and neither of us were on the team yet with either of these issues, but uh, there are a couple of Castlevania issues in the uh, main series Kanan Rint's back catalog if you are interested in hearing some of the team's thoughts. Um, we have Kanan Rint's issue 84, which was Castlevania Symphony of the Night, and Kanan Rint's issue 115, which was Castlevania Lords of Shadow. Uh, we will not be covering Lords of Shadow in this episode. It will be the Castlevania special part two, because that's one of the later entries. But you can go back and prepare by listening to 115 if you so desire. Uh, so let's start out. Um, Mikhail, uh, you are um, more in the older entries in the Castlevania mm. series. Am I am I correct? Yes, that's true. I'm, I was there pretty much day one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Castlevania was. Uh, uh, I'm I'm a little bit of an exception in that. 
the NES always seems to be talked about more fondly in uh, your side of the Atlantic Ocean mm. than on mine. But I'm a little bit of the exception in that the NES was also me and my brother's first gaming system at home. Uh, and yeah, Castlevania was one of those uh, early uh, NES uh, or one of those NES games that managed to impress early on. It already looked a bit more advanced than a lot of the other stuff that was out there for the system. A really smooth game and a really cool to play through. Very hard as well. Yeah. But it's, it spoke to the imagination with its, with its horror setting, which is very fitting for this month, of course, as well. Like the sort of menagerie of horror characters. You know, you got Dracula in his castle, but it's not just Dracula. He has the monster Frankenstein in there as well. And uh, he has Medusa, borrowed from Greek mythology. And everybody's in there. You know, the whole, uh, the whole gang is complete. Indeed. Yeah. And what, what always struck me is that the cover art looks kind of creepy with a, a very mean looking dra- face of Dracula looming behind the castle. But the music of the series, in many cases, has been very upbeat, right? So it's it's like almost like sort of spurring you on and heroic sounding. Never, almost never. There are exceptions, but almost never very creepy or anything of the sort. Yeah, it it, uh, especially in some of these earlier uh, entries uh, where you get kind of the eight and the sixteen bit music. um, It's it's not it's not really what you might expect from a horror game, which I I think that these definitely are horror games. They're not, you know, Mm. survival horror. They're not anything like that, but they are pretty spooky. They're platformers with that that kind of vibe to them, I think. Yeah, definitely. I came to the Castlevania series a little bit later. I did not have a Nintendo. I had a Sega Genesis. And Mm. the only Castlevania game on the Sega Genesis is um, one that we will actually hear a few pieces from a little later on, uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, which I did not have at the time. I do have now, and I'm pretty sure that I paid more for it getting the copy of the cartridge now (laughs) than I would have at the time. So um, maybe not the 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 best decision that I've ever made, but um, <laughs> yeah. I it's it's a really good game. Uh, yeah, but when I when I did come to it a bit later on, I started to go back and and to play some of the other entries, and I haven't finished all of them, but uh, there have also been some recent releases, the uh, Castlevania Anniversary Collection mm-hmm. that came out um, with quite a lot of the games that were a little bit more rare, and in some cases never even released originally in the West. Yeah, uh, are are on that collection. Have you? Have you played any of that? Yeah, yeah, I've uh, I've bought it and downloaded it on a Switch like one or two weeks ago, actually. Uh, maybe if, like a, a little bit more than a, than a week ago. Uh, and my reason was also Castlevania Bloodlines because uh, yeah. it's a pricey card to get a hold of. Yes. Uh, also in Europe, you get the new generation version, which is uh, mm-hmm. very censored. Um, I have a I have a, a modded uh, Sega Mega Drive that I can flip to 60 hertz, which also changes the region on the cards. Very weird. So I don't, I'm not sure how that would turn out. But yeah, it was uh, a lot more um, economical to, to get yeah, the collection sure. instead. And you get Kid Dracula on there and the Game Boy games that I haven't played before. So it's a, it's a good deal. I, I did the same. I, I picked up the collection. Um, there are a few on there uh, that I have not played, but uh, actually in preparing for this recording, uh, I discovered that uh, some of the soundtracks for games that I had not played were really good soundtracks, and it's kind of made me want to go back to the games more. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it's a good thing that I have them um, kind of handy now. <laughs> so you started with Symphony of the Night then? I think that was my first one, yeah. yeah. So it was... Uh, considerably after the series had been going for yeah. for a while already. So we're looking uh, at then, it with a, a very different set of eyes then at the, yes, at the series, yeah. For uh, like sure. the, the two, the sort of the the two uh, 
philosophies of design. Yeah. I picked it up when it when it was becoming the the Metroidvania that mm. that many of the the yeah. newer games seem to do. And and you know from the start, it has been a just a two D side scrolling platformer yeah. for the most part, in, including most of the handheld entries up to that point. So um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool that uh, that we kind of have that that cross there. Mm, <laughs> cross, definitely. Ah, cross. Put it in there. That's a weapon in Castlevania. That's why it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so Castlevania, as we said, started on the NES in 1987. The first track that we heard uh, was Vampire Killer. We're going to pick it up with another track from uh, Castlevania 1, uh, Stalker. Mm. Uh, and this was one of your picks. You want to uh, talk about that a little bit? Yeah, it's an evolution, I feel, from the first theme from Vampire Killer. I mean, a lot of the Castlevania tracks have a sort of um, similar motifs, uh, m- melodic motifs in them, right? Yeah. So it felt, al- sure. felt almost like a more stripped down take on uh, the motif of uh, Vampire Killer. And what I find about these linear old school Castlevania games, uh, let's say, is like the tracks, uh, because it's these are sequential games, right? You play them in the mm-hmm. same order, you play the levels in the same order. So there's a certain sequence it, with the music in, in a certain order when you play through these games, like you feel like this track exa- fits exactly after the previous one. And it's almost like as much as you're making a journey through Dracula's Castle, you're making a journey through the music as well. It's sort of this guy... It's, it's this element of the game that guides you along while you play this. And yeah, Stalker fits the bill perfectly. This is going to be the last track we'll listen to that is specifically from uh, Castlevania 1. But uh, as I keep saying, you will definitely hear more of uh, Castlevania 1's music coming back in different ways in different entries. Uh, But this is uh, specifically from uh, Castlevania 1. And this is Wicked Child. This is actually the stage 3 track in in the game. So this kind of leads on from what I was saying before, because... It not only is it, is it an absolute banger, but it's what I want to hear after Stalker uh, pretty pretty much. You know, it's these three opening sections, uh, these these three uh, three tracks of the first three levels that sort of are a perfect sequence. Uh, I feel, and it, it, it kind of goes for the whole game, but mm-hmm. these three especially are are very strong, leading into one another. All right, let's roll right on into that then uh, with the Child.
next track that we're going to listen to is uh, sort of a Castlevania one track. It is a Castlevania one track, but this version of it, the one that we're going to hear, also Kinyo Yamashita and Satoe Terashima, uh, is from Vampire Killer, which is the MSX2 version of Castlevania one. Um, so it did not come out in the US. It did come out in the EU and in Japan. Mm. Um, so it's it's a similar version, uh, but not quite exactly the same because it's a different platform, of course. Yeah. Um, do you have any experience with the MSX? A friend of mine had an MSX, and I heard mm. years later that the MSX, actually in the Netherlands where I live, uh, was yeah. a, a very popular home computer. Uh, but I had only one friend at the time that I knew that, that had one. I've heard from several people afterwards uh, that I've come to meet throughout my life that had an MSX and they had really fond uh, memories of Vampire Kill and that was Castlevania to them. But uh, it's a little bit different in that it's a flick screen game because the MSX uh, 1 and 2 were not as great at scrolling as the uh, the 8-bit Nintendo was. So you basically move from one screen to the next one instead of uh, scrolling through stages. Interesting. Yeah, Uh, yeah, uh, the MSX was not really a thing over in, in the US. At, at least not that I know of. Uh, so I, I didn't have any experience with this. Um, but in listening to the music, uh, obviously most of it is very similar, uh, but with some slight tweaks. So yeah. uh, the track that we're going to listen to is uh, Heart of Fire. Again, it is a track that comes from uh, the original Castlevania, but a little bit different here than than what you might be used to hearing. Exactly, because of the different sound chip. And mm-hmm. this track in the NES version, where I know it from, of course, uh, is pretty much for me the last track of the game because I never mm-hmm. made it past the stage <laughs> back in the days <laughs> and one of these days I will attempt to actually uh, complete uh, the first Castlevania uh, but uh, yeah um, it's uh, it's really grueling stage terrible or uh, a harrowing final section leading up to the Grim Reaper to the uh, to the boss which I that was never able to rough. beat and, yeah. and that, se- that final section also strips you of a lot of health if you're not that adept at the game yet but the, the music is so great that I didn't mind just hitting continue all the time and still trying it, even though I never managed to quite pull it off and beat the Grim Reaper. Yeah, I, I'm in a similar position. I, I'm not great at these games. So really, the way that I can get through them is through things like save states. So I I, I didn't ever really uh, beat them back in the day. Um, I, I've played a lot of these, just never really quite gotten to the end. Um, and it's, it's so something... tantalizing because the back of the box, there was this picture of the clock hour with the cogwheels and everything and that's that's a stage that comes right after this and i was never even to, <laughs> able to get to that uh, to that stage and that's i think the, the very last stage up until you meet uh, meet dracula so it's pretty far in already this uh, this track but uh, not quite there yet let's listen to heart of fire from vampire killer on the msx2 
the next game in the series, which is Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, uh, released on the NES and the Famicom Disk System in 1988. Uh, we're going to see uh, one familiar name in Satoi Terashima, but we also have, um, I, I believe he is a newcomer to the series, uh, Kenichi Matsubara for the soundtrack in this uh, entry in the series. Uh, Castlevania 2 does kind of the Zelda 2 thing mm. where it uh, it just takes the 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 predecessor uh, that uh, it had on its system and um, just kind of goes a different direction with it. Mm. Castlevania 2 is not a completely different game, um, not in the way that I just mentioned Zelda 2, but it's not quite that extreme, but it is pretty different. It's uh, more as open world as it gets in yeah. in this kind of uh in this kind of uh setting yeah it's a non-linear game and yes. you've got uh yeah upgrades of your of your weapons and there's like light rpg mechanics there's talking to characters um yeah yeah there's some there's some pretty obscure moments uh yeah. where where you really have to be paying attention it is of that era where you know you were expected to really comb through every tiny little thing mm. uh to, to kind of keep going so yeah. again was something that i didn't quite gel with using, at the time. using guidebooks and, uh, and tips and tricks sections in magazines yeah before the internet so you know you or before at least before it was in in wide usage so you know you're you're as you say looking at uh at tips books and uh, the nintendo hint line i yeah. understand was a pretty big thing um i never called that because i think my parents would have killed me but um <laughs> nintendo hint line you know talking to other kids at school to see what they did uh so those those were the days yeah. i think sort of yeah. <laughs> in game, some ways the game gets a, gets a bit of a, of a bad rap also because of that uh, legendary uh angry video game nerd review uh <laughs> yes <laughs> i mean it's uh, I've, at the time, I found it quite atmospheric as well, mm -hmm. and uh, once again, packed with uh, great music. Yes. Uh, so the first track we're going to listen to is The Silence of Daylight, and uh, we are going to play the Famicom Disk System version. Again, different sound chip than uh, than the NES. Uh, I believe there's more... I, I'm not a, a sound person in general, but I, I do know that there's more kind of layers and more channels, I, I believe. Is that is that correct to say? Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. Sounds, uh, sounds good. Yeah, it sounds sounds a bit richer, uh, even yeah. to somebody who might not know, like me, what what exactly uh, is is making it that way. But uh, it does sound pretty good. Um, and we'll go ahead and uh, take a listen. So this is the Silence of Daylight from Castlevania II, Simon's Quest, the Famicom Disk System version. <laughs> Next 
track is one that, uh, I, again, I tend to think of as kind of one of the pivotal tracks in the series. Mm. This is one that you hear again and again and again. Uh, and this is Bloody Tears from uh, originally from Castlevania II Simon's Quest. Um, I I really like this track. It's, it's, it's a complete banger, isn't it? Yes, it really is. Um, I <laughs> What I always think of when I think of this track, um, if you are a, uh, a Giant Bomb fan, there was a uh, sequence it's been years ago now but of um, Brad Shoemaker uh, saying that he always kind of had lyrics in his head to this song <laughs> and the lyrics in this head to the song were talking about Barkerville so Barkerville that a Barker and it just <laughs> it, yeah that that's all I could hear now yeah. and so I, I don't know why that has stuck with me but uh, the song is very good even if I do hear Barkerville now <laughs> um, if I hear this the song in its original form uh, I think of uh, meeting the edge of, uh, of the waterside in the the game and seeing these block mm-hmm. blocky platforms uh, sort of yes. slowly travel up and down and seeing a, a bloody eye coming uh, fl- floating towards me yes yeah, terrible very... night to have a curse uh, <laughs> yes yeah. all right so let's uh let's listen to uh, something that we'll probably hear uh themes of coming back bloody tears from castlevania 2 From Castlevania 2. Uh, we mentioned previously that uh, Castlevania 2 was a little bit of an open world and um, there was some puzzle solving and some moving back and forth. And uh, one of the uh, things that you do that you did not really do in Castlevania 1 was uh, to go into castles, which are effectively are dungeons. Uh, so you're not just in one castle dracula's castle you are in multiple castles yeah. where you are tracking down mansions bits of dracula. they're called i think uh, yeah, yeah you got these sounds... sort of gate openings and uh, yeah and then once you get into each of them they're each their own little kind of puzzle box yeah. ending with you finding a a bit of dracula that you're then supposed to uh stake <laughs> yeah and this this music is a little bit um jittery or anxiety inducing mm-hmm. almost you know it's a little bit hectic sounding as well and there's a lot of uh, annoyances in these uh, in these mansions and it ties in ties in quite in quite well with the uh, with the music but still i yeah i have warm memories for it uh when when i hear these these stabby notes i think of uh, of those little uh little night uh armor characters running oh, back yes. and forth poking <laughs> their, their spears in front of them and uh, just running back and forth across the, the platforms yeah yes um, so uh, the name of this piece is Dwellings of Doom and uh, it is something that you uh, as we were kind of alluding to will hear within these castles um, so depending on the castle you might hear it quite a lot um, so let's listen to Dwellings of Doom from Castlevania 2 <laughs> 
So the uh, the next the next thing uh, the next game that we're going to talk about um, I, I'm laughing because I I placed in our show notes the artwork for uh, an ad for uh, Haunted Castle which was an arcade game from 1988 and I have a real soft spot for games and you don't see this anymore but games mostly from like the late 80s early mm. 90s that had actual live actors doing the uh, the poses and and kind of the the covers for artwork yeah. and this one's just great it, the, it looks the dracula that they cheesy. have yes the dracula that they have it looks like a an 80s cheesy slasher movie dracula um and it's fantastic so uh <laughs> that, that doesn't have anything to do with the music but i think that it's very funny <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Haunted Castle was an arcade game from uh, 1988 with music by uh, Kenichi Matsubara, Masahiro Ikariko, and somebody who just goes by T. Don't don't actually know uh, who T is, but uh, it's probably um, somebody who uh, just, you know, that's that's something I think is relatively common in some credits for earlier types of games. Mm. Uh, so aliases. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, so uh, this is also a platformer, but uh, that is tied into the series. And I believe that it, I, I have not actually played Haunted Castle, but it does repeat some of the music from earlier in the series, uh, is also a side scroller, uh, is also um, centered around fighting Dracula and some of the other mythological creatures that, that we were mentioning before. So, you know, Medusa, Frankenstein's monster, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, do you have any experience with Haunted Castle, Mikhail? No, it's, a, it's kind of interesting because usually in those days action games would uh, usually uh, or typically originate in the arcades and then mm -hmm. find their way home but this is almost like an arcade adaptation of the first NES game from from what I know at least only it's uh, it's markedly different and I was kind of curious to your reason why you why you picked this track uh, what made it stand out to you Leah so uh, the track that I picked here uh, is called den of warship and it I think what really stuck out to it to me is that there are so many bits of it that sound so similar and you can hear the influences from the rest of the series but it's not exactly that mm. it's it's almost a remix um but it it sounds very much like it belongs within the rest of the series so you know with as much directly taken from the the other games uh and, and reused it, it's interesting that they chose something like this that uh you know is not quite that but very clearly has come from a specific place yeah yeah, almost like the game itself. Exactly. All right, so a uh, short little track here. Let's just take a listen to Den of Warship from Haunted Castle. <laughs>
a whole lot of experience with the early handheld Castlevania games. And I don't believe that you do either, Mikhail. Is that no, correct? No, I never had yep. a Game Boy. Again, <laughs> I had friends who had one and I played a little bit on it, but not uh, Castlevania. So you you were uh, you were on a Game Boy uh, Kenner in special, right? So you I were a was, bit of a yes. Game Boy head. I am, yes. I, I really do enjoy uh, my Game Boy even still. And uh, I'm kind of sorry that I missed out on these. Uh, from what I have heard, uh, there, there are three uh, Game Boy titles uh, for in, in the Castlevania series. The first one is not especially highly regarded. Mm. I'd still kind of like to take a look at it, and it is in the uh, the Castlevania Anniversary Collection, yeah. so I... Yeah, I, I played it today probably... for the first time in my life. Ooh, and what the, did you think? Collection. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, it all has to do with expectations. This game ah. gets a very bad rep, so mm -hmm. I was thinking to it was going to be something wholly unplayable, but it isn't unplayable. Sure, it's slow and sloggy, and it, mm -hmm. it's not exactly captivating, but it's also yeah, quite playable. I imagine you would have been happy maybe at the time as a kid if you would have this yeah. uh, this game on your Game Boy and you got some Castlevania action on the go. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I have not played it at all, but uh, I, I do want to kind of take a swing at it. Uh, it's Castlevania The Adventure is what we're talking about here, which was a Game Boy title from 1989. Uh, the composers credited are Shigeru Fukutake, Norio Hanzawa, and Hidehiro Funauchi. Again, you, you'll hear... Uh, some similarities to a lot of the other music. There are also quite a number of uh, really original tracks that uh, fit, again, right into the kind of Castlevania legacy, I guess you would say. And the first one that I have picked is Battle of the Holy, which is uh, the first track uh, or the first stage track uh, so I would imagine that uh, if you played the beginning Nikhil you did you uh, did you hear this track yeah, or yeah, that you definitely. recall it? yeah yeah and does it you think it fits pretty well with uh, with what they're going for there yeah pretty well it's uh it makes it feel more Castlevania than maybe the game is because mm -hmm. there's no stairs for example uh, for starters for example so you're climbing up ropes to uh, move up in uh, in levels and the pace is slow and you've got a whip that when it's fully powered up, uh, shoots fireballs. And when you get hit by an enemy, your whip actually powers down again. It's all very different, but I guess Battle of the Holy feels like a very comfortable track that reminds you, after all, this is still a Castlevania game. Awesome. Well said. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and listen to Battle of the Holy from Castlevania The Adventure. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, and it never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, how, what was possible with the with the Game Boy sound chip and uh, what excellent tunes it uh, it yeah could be used to crank out with. Absolutely, yeah. I I I think that often the Game Boy music from from any game really gets gets overlooked a little bit mm. um and maybe not always but uh it's it's not as uh kind of lauded i guess as as maybe the the nes entries their their sound tracks for uh these games specifically and and just kind of in general um but there are some really cool tracks and and people have been able to uh at both at the time that these games came out and even more recently i know people have have done a lot of work with the game boy sound chip to just produce some really stunning things that carries into the next track that uh that we're going to listen to uh which is also from castlevania the adventure and uh this is a, a different track from uh, Battle of the Holy. This is called Revenge. Uh, it is from a stage a bit later in the game, and it just feels darker to me. A again, I can't really speak to where it sits in the storyline, but it uh, just th that baseline that it starts off with is just really effective to me. Um, I, I liked that a whole lot. something that uh, maybe not technically part of the Castlevania series, uh, but it is uh, a, let's call it a parody of the Castlevania series, mm, a, uh, a spin-off, so. if you will. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so the next game that we're going to take a look at uh, was for the Famicom in 1990, only in Japan, and it is Kid Dracula with a soundtrack by Shinji Tasaka and Satoko Minami. This is a weird one, uh, because as I say, it's not actually a Castlevania game, but it is made by Konami. Uh, yeah. It is connected. Uh, and some of the music in it is, it's a little bit all over the place. Um, so I, I'm going to guess that you have not played Kid Dracula, but I could be wrong because again, it is on that collection. Exactly. Yeah, I, uh, that's, this is maybe after Bloodlines, the, fir the f uh, first game that I dabbled mm -hmm. with when I got the collection. Yeah, and it's exactly like you said. You used the word parody. I think it uh -huh. was kind of in vogue for Japanese developers at the time to sort of do cutesy, quote-unquote, parody versions of yeah. their more serious games. You had, like, Sega did uh, Alex Kidd and Shinobi World, which was basically a, a cutesy take on Shinobi. There were lots of callbacks to the levels and the enemies only all cutesified in there. 
even Splatterhouse had a cutesy uh, Famicom uh, version of uh, a parody parody version done. So Kid Dracula is very much in the same mold. So you, the, the the levels look like uh, yeah, very uh, blocky, bubbly renditions of uh, of classic Castlevania levels, especially of the first game. I haven't played too far into it, but it definitely looked like a good and fun time. Yeah, I I, I think that it's something that I will probably enjoy once I get into it. Um, it it I, I have nothing against cutesy platformers. In fact, I rather like them. Uh, what I found to be kind of fascinating was uh, that, as I say, the music was a little bit all over the place. Um, so I I have picked two tracks and put them in here to kind of show that off. Yeah. The first one uh, is from stage five, the subway. And this is the one that I feel is more along some classic Castlevania lines. Uh, Like this one feels like it might actually fit more into the Castlevania series than, uh, than the second one. Um, So let's go ahead and listen to stage five, the subway. And then I'll, uh, then I'll follow up with the, with the second one. So stage five, the subway from kid Dracula. series this second one does not um, no, it's, it's, I, so, it's so it's so bubbly uh and uh, and, and cheerful what, right what i kind of thought was uh, it sounds like a Mega Man track to me D- do you get that at all possibly i can i see see what you mean it didn't come immediately it didn't come immediately to mind uh mm-hmm. i was thinking more along the lines of uh, konami's weird and wacky um platform cutesy platformer by a miracle bokute upa which is uh, Ooh, okay. in which you play a, a toddler basically who crawls yeah. around uh, in his. Uh, I haven't played it, but I have seen some speedruns of it, and yes, that yeah. that <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's it really is just kind of uh, cheerful and and happy and not very gothic at all, no, considering yeah. that you are playing a uh, <laughs> yeah. a small version but of Dracula. I, I, yeah, I, I definitely see the Mega Man comparison as well. Yeah, yeah. That 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 for me, I think, came in a little bit later in the track, but uh, that for whatever reason, that was what popped up in my mm-hmm. head. So uh, yeah. contrast and uh, take a little break, I guess, from <laughs> uh, from Gothic Castlevania music with uh, this next track, Stage Two, Rocket Platform by uh, Shinji Tasaka and Satoko Minami for Kid Dream. <laughs> 
NES, there was a third game. Uh, this is the last Castlevania game on the NES proper, and uh, it's returning to the main series with Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse uh, in 1990. Uh, soundtrack by Yoshinori Sasaki, Jun Funahashi, and Yuki Morimoto, and Hidenori Maizawa. Um, so. Uh, why don't you talk, uh, Mikhail, a little bit about the mm. uh, first track here, beginning uh, aptly named? I was actually familiar with this track from Super Castlevania 4 because it's mm -hmm. one of the three tracks near the end of the game that gets remixed. Uh, yeah, for for as a as a callback to the uh, the classic NES trilogy. Because at the time that Castlevania 3 was released, I wasn't even aware of it. Uh, the European release was in 1992, two years after uh, its uh, North American release. And it mm -hmm. was not even released by Kon on, under the Konami label, but under the Palcom label, which was to Ooh. Konami, uh, was what the Ultra label was to the uh, in uh, yeah, to Konami in the uh, in the United States. Mm -hmm. And I got Castlevania 3 maybe in the 2000s somewhere when I saw it in a sh laying in a shop and I was curious to try it out. Turned out also it was uh, actually the, uh, the American card, which I found out much later also <laughs> because my NES was modded. So there was no, no, I couldn't even pick up on that. But yeah, it's uh, so very familiar with this track from Super Castlevania 4. It's very much in the mold of Vampire Killer also, a very similar kind of opening uh, motiv uh, motivating uh, track to, to get you going, to get your journey started. I picked the Famicom version because uh, this it came out on uh, a Famicom card in Japan, mm -hmm. but it had a specialized VRC6 co-processor chip on board, which allowed for extra channels of sound. Uh, so it's richer oh, cool. than what we know from the European and the, and the North American uh, release. So, yeah, I thought it would make for a good, like you did with the Famicom Disk System versions of that earlier track, made for a little bit of a evolutionary sound before we move on to uh, to the 16-bit titles. I think that the Castlevania series, as as a general rule, uh, tends to really kind of knock it out of the park with their lead-in tracks. Mm, um, sure. and, and oftentimes those will mimic each other or will call back each other, but uh, yeah. they're all, for my money, they are all pretty good. Uh, and yeah. uh, this one uh, follows that perfectly. Uh, so let's go ahead and listen to uh, Beginning from Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse. This is the Famicom version. Castlevania 3 is uh, also from the Famicom version, and it is called Mad Forest. Where does this fall in the actual uh, gameplay? Is it kind of sort of toward the middle? 
Yeah, it's it's uh, still the fir- to, towards the later later half of the first half of the okay. game, but depends on which path you choose to the game, of course. True, There's yes. multiple That's- paths this one that is something that we didn't mention earlier um is that this is i i believe the the first uh game that does this in the series i'm not sure about the game boy versions uh but definitely takes a turn from both one and two on on the nes and the famicom in that it's not open world you can't just kind of go wherever Mm. you want but you do have kind of branching paths uh that you can follow so it it lends uh both some replay value and um you know it can get you uh some different tracks and some different levels depending on where you choose to go characters yeah yeah Yeah. for sure for sure yeah so uh last year we were still renting out uh, we still had a spare room that we rented out uh, via Mm -hmm. airbnb and we had a very uh, nice guest from the middle east at uh, at one point he was a a young young uh guy still like uh, 18 years old i believe but for some reason he was crazy about uh classic 8 and 16 bit games and he saw i had all this uh yeah older older hardware and older equipment and Mm -hmm. he asked me do you have Castlevania 3? I said, yeah, I have it. <laughs> so we actually sat down one evening and started playing through a lot of uh, Castlevania 3 together. And we were just oh, nice. bo- both remarking about how the <laughs> stage Mad Forest has a lot of really cool advanced effects. Uh, it's one of those later NES or Famicom releases that just mm-hmm. where they were using a lot you know, a lot of short, uh, or a lot of tricks in the in the, and a lot of wizardry uh, with the with the hardware to pulls yeah atypical effects off of rolling fog and uh, and things like that. And great color contrast and yeah, the music was uh, of course when when you're really into this certain a certain stage, the the music also starts to li- uh, live a life of its own. Okay, so let's go ahead and listen to Mad Forest again, the Famicom version from Castlevania Three: Dracula's Curse. So the final track that we're going to listen to uh, before we kind of go into the the next uh, the next set of consoles, possibly my favorite from Castlevania Three. I really like this version. Uh, it just it it you know how sometimes you just get a track that makes sense to you and it's kind of the one you think of when you think of the uh, the, the game. That's that's me with mm. uh, Aquarius from uh, Castlevania Three. I have not played Castlevania 3 in a while uh, so I'm not even sure where this particular track takes place so maybe you can help me with that yeah the funny thing <laughs> is I don't think I've played through the stage yet uh, really? I, I haven't made my way full way through the game yet of course I mean I'm playing this on original hardware so when sure. I turn off the system I pretty much have yeah, to start all over again you don't get, a, you again, don't get you know? a save yeah so I, I, pre- I actually just have to sit down and sink my vampiric teeth in it uh, one time and just play play all the way through <laughs> or leave the leave the machine on uh, in, in, until the next morning like we used to do sometimes <laughs> oh yes I've been <laughs> there i've been there <laughs> yeah so but uh from what i can tell it's uh accompanies a submerged city something mm-hmm. that we'll hear back of later in the 
in the show yeah. as well. A submerged city kind of theme with a, a snaky, water snaky, uh, double headed uh, end boss. I was just going through the rest of the the soundtrack and I picked this one out because it sounded like an uh, absolute banger to me. So I'm really thrilled that this is uh, the tra- the track you think of actually when yes, you Yes, it is. When you think I, about this game. Yeah. It's it's funny cuz uh, you had filled in um a, a number of tracks uh before I got mine in and I I didn't actually look at your tracks. I just uh kind of made a list as mm. I was listening to through the uh, the various soundtracks and most of the game or most of the um tracks that uh, that you had picked matched up pretty well with mine and but i was i was very happy to note that this one was on there because i had a star next to it and everything nice. uh so uh so yeah let's listen to one of my favorite tracks from castlevania 3 <laughs> uh this is aquarius the famicom version and it uh again from castlevania 3 Castlevania 2 Belmont's Revenge, uh, which is the second of the three Game Boy titles. I'm going to fix that because uh, this entire soundtrack, um, I <laughs> what I said in the uh, Kahneman Slack was that uh, I believe the youths would say that it slaps. Um, <laughs> I think I'm using that correctly. It's hard to tell. I'm old. Um, but I really, I, I was not expecting to like this soundtrack as much as I did. I mean, I figured it would probably be good because I, I have yet to meet a Castlevania soundtrack that I don't like at least a little bit. Um, but yeah, I really I really enjoyed uh, the soundtrack for this by Hidehiro Funauchi, uh, who I don't believe I see I have seen credited anywhere else in this series. Get them back because this yeah. is good stuff. Yeah, he was credited in the first uh, Castlevania game for the Game oh, Boy okay. as well, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, so, yeah, apparently... But not uh, after that anymore. That's true. Very, he's just very good at, uh, at, at uh, Game Boy uh, soundtracks for uh, Castlevania and possibly for other games as well. I, I, uh, I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Uh, but yeah, so uh, if I had to recommend one that I think people have not actually listened to, this would be the soundtrack. Um, it's on YouTube. <laughs> so uh, the first track that I uh, that I have have brought is from. Um, it's called uh, Crystal Castle. So I'm imagining that this probably has a setup that's sort of similar to Castlevania II on the NES, um, because most of the tracks have uh, have um, castles uh, attached to them. 
New Messiah is the name of this track. And uh, as I say, it is uh, Crystal Castle, which I think is one of the earlier stages. Um, it is earlier in the soundtrack anyway. Um, and yeah, this I, I just I really enjoy what they do with the sound chip in this. It is putting in a lot of work. So let's go ahead and listen to New Messiah from Castlevania 2, Belmont Revenge. <laughs> for the music only because uh, by reputation it's uh, really really rather solid uh, I've heard yeah that's what I've heard with uh, the, the first game did not get especially great reviews as I mentioned but this one did uh, and just looking at the uh, I, I've started to kind of collect uh, even though yes this is uh, this is on the um, collection uh, the anniversary collection that recently came out I do also like to have uh, carts and things I've, I've started kind of collecting just some of the ones for games that I really like and a series that I really like, uh, of which Castlevania is, of course, one. Yeah. And uh, the the <laughs> just to give you a general idea, um, the the site that I that I like to pick up some some things from uh, the cart, the Game Boy cart for Castlevania one is. Uh, like eight or nine dollars it's very inexpensive mm. the one for castlevania 2 belmont's revenge is like 50 or 60 so there you go. Uh, there you if go. there's yeah. i think this one's in a little bit more high demand than yeah. uh, than the first one mm. but the music continues to be great uh so the second track that i have chosen from uh, castlevania 2 belmont's revenge is called road of enemy and this is another one of those where it gets real deep into the baseline yeah. this is presumably what you would be listening to as you're heading towards a boss encounter it kind of gets real dark and real serious. Hey, yeah. I'm headed in here to uh, to to own some fools, and uh, <laughs> I think that it does that very well. Yeah, we were speaking in the beginning of the, of the show about how um, a lot of the music in Castlevania is very upbeat and heroic sounding. Mm -hmm. Heroic Gothic. Can we coin that as a new genre, music sure. genre term? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is definitely one of those exceptions. Uh, it's it sounds a lot more sinister due to the, the yeah. bass line and the sort of this ghostly wailing tones tones in there. Yeah, awesome. So let's listen to Road of Enemy from Castlevania 2, Belmont's Revenge. Thank you. 
speaking of a little bit darker and a little bit crunchier, um, the next track uh, that I want to listen to, which is the uh, the last one that we're going to hear from Castlevania to Belmont's Revenge, uh, starts out a little bit darker. Uh, it gets kind of heroic and, uh, you know, more more of the uh, upbeat sort that uh, that we were speaking about uh, towards the end, but uh, does start out a little bit dark, which is understandable because this is uh, one of the themes that you will hear when you are in uh, Dracula's castle. Uh, and it's called Original Sin. Um, so, yeah, I, I think this is a pretty good one to close out the Game Boy. Uh, well, actually, we're not closing out the Game Boy. There's going to be one more later on. But uh, to close out this entry on the Game Boy, mm. um, because it, uh, it it does a pretty good job, I think, of conveying that uh that feeling of dread as you're going into the last encounter or what will be uh the last encounters of the game showing how the the heroism of your character is going to kind of win the day uh so i think that it's very effective in uh, in that matter okay so let's listen to that it's original sin from castlevania 2 belmont's revenge Super Castlevania 4, in fact, the first of the uh, of the 16-bit era Castlevania games uh, released in 1991 for the Super Nintendo uh, with sound by or the soundtrack by uh, Masanori Adachi and Taro Kudo. First track is already a banger. Uh, we keep using that word because I think <laughs> that it fits so well for so much of Castlevania's music. Talk to me about the theme of Simon Belmont. 
theme of Simon Bellman. I'm gonna see it sound a little, it's a little bit down now because I felt I had to pick this track because oh, you really? can't you you cannot <laughs> you cannot uh, talk about the music of Super Castlevania for and not include it. Uh, but it's slightly begrudgingly, even though I think oh. it's a great track, uh, <laughs> without a doubt. I think there's a lot more interesting and sort of off-color and off-beat music uh, on uh, the Castlevania, Super Castlevania 4 OST that I would have liked to shine a little light on. But yeah, you you, you can't just play a, do a Castlevania show about these games and not include the theme of Simon Bellon. And I'm not saying it's not good. No, it's great. Forest of Monsters. So um, you said that the theme of Simon Belmont was maybe not going to be one of your first choices, but uh, what about this one? I recently picked up a US card uh, mm-hmm. of uh, Super Castlevania 4, and I'm going to be streaming this on the Canary's Twitch channel Great. on October 31st. Just I'll, I'll have a beginning uh, time, but not an, uh, an ending time because I'm going oh, to until be playing question through mark, the question mark, question mark. Yeah, I'm going to Excellent. be playing through the whole through the whole game, uh, whether uh, you know I, I beat it within two or three hours but yeah it's probably going to be something like two and a half hours uh and leon told me don't talk through the mon- through the music you monster that's what he, t- what he, uh, <laughs> what he told me <laughs> and yeah there's a, a good reason for that of course because i think the music of super castlevania is absolutely spectacular it almost stands apart in the series as a whole i think not i mean not in that it's greater but it's definitely a little bit different in the atmosphere don't you agree like a little bit different like the different musical influences in there some yeah, some jazzy tracks so. some some more funky uh, music as well yeah and, no uh, i agree i i think that there's there's more maybe more variety uh in some of the tracks uh of starting around here in in the super castlevania mm-hmm. 4 uh soundtrack than uh than the others they they all 
uh, well, not all. There, there are exceptions here and there, but I, I think that a lot of the prior tracks kind of follow the same or similar paths. Mm. Here's where you start to get, you know, you can still tell that they are all in the same family, but they're not, they're a little bit uh, more varied, I think. Yeah, so the Forest of Monsters has this very uh, rattling percussion opening and this this ba- dark and brooding bass line that kicks in. And you've got these sort of uh, forlorn, faraway melodies sort of c- coming in and out. Super Castlevania 4 tells a, a, is by some seen as a remake of the uh, the first Castlevania game. Mm-hmm. But in the first Castlevania game, you start out in the, the castle, right? Yes. In Castlevania 4, you start out in what looks like a castle, which, but, which is really just an outpost. And then you start this journey through the countryside on the way to, uh, to Dracula's castle. It's again, this music sort of accompanying you on the, on the journey and sending you forward. And I think it's... Uh, one of the most memorable, uh, memorable uh, 16-bit video game music tracks that uh, that I've ever heard in my life.
so I see that uh, that we have a track here that says it's from Super Castlevania 4, but it's just jazz. This is just jazz. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh. So, uh, so yeah, this is this is I think what I meant and and possibly what you meant um, about it being uh, mm. a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is the submerged city track. You you basically said it. It's it's jazz, but it's it's sort of. <laughs> Almost like demented funhouse jazz, yeah. uh, spin 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 on jazz, and you're going through this sort of Atlantic Atlantis type of ruins uh, city uh, city structure with which is covered with lovely looking deep blue water where the the, the merman the fish people peek their heads out and spit water at you jerks yeah and <laughs> it, it it somehow feels very fitting of this uh, yeah. of of this of this whole environment. Yeah, absolutely lovely. I mean, there's so many great tracks to pick from in the Super Castlevania 4 soundtrack. There's, the, of course, this sort of the creaky torture chamber dungeon music uh, jazz funk uh, of the the, the the stage that comes after this and everything. But yeah, we, we, we have to make our picks, right? And Submerged City doesn't have to... Yeah, it's not, it's not any lesser pick than any of the other beautiful tracks of this soundtrack. So let's listen to the Submerged City from Super Castlevania 4.
track left from Super Castlevania 4, and uh, it's a familiar location to uh, people who have played a lot of the uh, later Castlevania games in particular. Mm. Uh, so we have the library here. Uh, what made you pick this track? It's another standout, I think, in a sense uh, that you're now inside Dracula's castle, right? And mm-hmm. you're in this library with tomes of uh, ancient history, and you've got all these ghosts and spirits roaming around. And the music sort of calls back to eras of the past. It has a sort of a empathic flavor almost to it, to where you know, for a moment you no longer feel like you're in this creepy, dangerous environment, but you can sort of see why these spirits are protecting their past, basically, what you're, what you're, what you're rampaging through with your, with your whip and your, uh, and your weapons. Yeah, a very, very atypical sort of sensation that this, uh, this track gives me and uh, coupled with the environment again.
So the next Castlevania game that we're going to talk about uh, came out on the TurboGrafx-16, or the PC Engine, in uh, 1993. The PC, PC Engine Super CD-ROM. Because yes. it was never uh, it was never localized. Yes, uh, and it's Castlevania Rondo of Blood, which I don't believe came to the West until there was a PSP port mm-hmm. that uh, contained uh, the it, I think it was the Castlevania Dracula X Chronicles, um, which you could uh, then play uh, the semi original version. I, I think there may have been some changes made, but uh, up until uh, there was the release. So the uh, the package uh, entitled Castlevania Requiem, which came out before the anniversary collection, uh, actually included Rondo of Blood and uh, also uh, Symphony of the Night. What I have read, uh, and I have not played all the way through Rondo of Blood, uh, but uh, what I have read is that Symphony of the Night is supposed to be kind of a sequel to Rondo of Blood. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how this much. This is true. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how much the actual the actual storyline follows. What I do know is that if you have played Symphony of the Night, there is a uh, a section kind of right at the beginning that's sort of a flashback, mm-hmm. uh, and that is the end of Rondo of Blood, yeah. the way that I understand it. Okay. So I've yep. got that straight. Good. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. So, uh, yeah, I haven't played much of Rondo of Blood, but... So um, the PSP version is a, sort of a 3D graphics to 5D polygonal remake, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I never I never got much through that either. Uh, it, it's interesting that they did that, mm. um, but... I. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not always so big on. I, I would almost always rather just have the sprites. Yeah. Um, me too. So, uh, and, and I'm not saying that it's it's necessarily a bad thing, you know. Yeah. But uh, it's not my personal preference in general. I downloaded this when it came to the uh, Wii Virtual Console Ooh, mm-hmm. uh, as uh, its original title, Akumajo Dracula X Chino Rondo. I was. I, I remember downloading it, and I was living in Germany. I was working for Nintendo of Europe at the time, and getting really upset because I thought I had downloaded a German language language version but the intro of the of the game actually has spoken german language in there (laughs) so i thought i was like ip tricked into downloading the uh the german version of it (laughs) uh but what i found such a trip is because uh i never played on a pc uh, pc engine super cd rom or turbografx cd uh console so i found it such a trip that you've got these obviously 8 slash 16-bit graphics, but then with the CD quality music accompanying yeah. that. That was such a, a wild thing because CD music started for me with uh, the PlayStation 1 uh, and Red Book mm-hmm. Audio and that, that sort of thing. So I was, yeah, it, it's so weird to see a game that looks older in, in its uh, fidelity have this uh, yeah, high-quality CD music to go, yeah. go with it. Yeah, uh, I, I completely agree. It is, uh, it's a little almost jarring sometimes to, uh, to, to have that kind of disconnect there. Mm. Um, yeah, it looks, it looks, it looks like a game that should have more of a chiptune-y sound. Yeah, so, yeah. But, uh, but the music's great. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, uh, I have put in the, uh, the first track uh, is going to be uh, Bloodlines, which is a little confusing because this is not Castlevania Bloodlines. Mm. That's the next game. Yeah, <laughs> the and track that game is called came, came la- later, and yes. Castlevania Bloodline features this same track again. So what's yes. going on there? Oh, very confusing. <laughs> but uh, but uh, basically, I included this because I have mentioned previously that it's uh, it's kind of nice to me that a lot of the games kind of have that strong intro track, and that's what Bloodlines is. 
uh, it's Rondo of Blood's kind of lead in uh, that kind of uh, gets you into the, the storyline. So uh, I, I think that it does very well and uh, is a good intro to this, uh, this new fidelity of music that we now have access to. Rondo of Blood is called Ghost Ship Painting. Uh, mm. It becomes a theme in the Castlevania series of paintings that either you get sucked into or that attack you or that you go into willingly or that just, you know, fight you in some way. But um, this is a Ghost Ship Painting. I feel that this is a very heavily 90s inspired track. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly why that is. Like it was made by a, like a pop record producer almost, you know? Yeah. Like you should you should have um, somebody kind of singing along in the background or something. Yeah. Or maybe uh, maybe like a, a supporting track under a semi action scene in Miami Vice or something. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, listeners, uh, am I crazy? Um, go ahead and listen to Ghost Ship Painting and make your own mind up. 
swear that I have heard this next track in other games in the Castlevania series, but I can't for the life of me figure out which ones. So I'm curious to hear if you know of any other places that you think you might have heard cross your heart from Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Maybe also Castlevania The Adventure Rebirth uh, on WiiWare. Because that has a lot of uh, remixes of tracks as well. Yeah. Castlevania Rondo of Blood is maybe the game that already... I mean, Super Castlevania 4 had, had three remixes of older tracks, but mm-hmm. this game went a little bit more all in with, uh, with remixes of older tracks of the, in the series. It's true. I really like this track, um, so I don't, I don't know whether I just picked it up from listening to the soundtracks or what happened there, but uh, listeners, if you know where else I might have heard Cross Your Heart, uh, which we're going to listen to right now, comment, please, because I would like to know. So, Cross Your Heart from Castlevania Rondo of Blood. Sega Genesis. I did not have a Super Nintendo, but I did have a Sega Genesis. I did not have Castlevania Bloodlines. Mm. It's a little bit more difficult to find uh, these days than perhaps it was in 1994 when the game came out, but it also has a really lovely soundtrack. This is uh, by Mishiro Yamane, who also did the soundtrack for uh, the next game that we'll talk about after this, uh, Symphony of the Night, which is maybe the one that people are going to be most familiar with, uh, but this is uh, where that all began uh and the first track that i selected from castlevania bloodlines is called reincarnated soul um and it is also one of the early tracks i don't think it is the earliest but it's it's another one of those um leading in very strongly tracks uh have you played any of castlevania bloodlines mikhail uh a little bit also recently on the on the collection Mm -hmm. uh i mean this was pretty much the reason why i picked up the collection to begin with this this for if only for this game already yeah and uh i've yeah since you know throughout the years the reputation of this game has only got gotten better and better with people saying you know actually this is really a great castlevania game it wasn't so warmly received by received by everybody at the time when it came out Mm -hmm. but uh yeah it really made me 
want to seek out any type of uh, copy of the game to to play it. So this, the collection is, of course, a lot more affordable than a, uh, than a, an actual card of the game would be. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I can speak to that. Yeah, and uh, some of the music, like Reincarnate in its soul, does feel very familiar to me again. Probably do, uh, you know, it feels like a track I've been listening to all my life already. Uh, probably do to it being remixed and uh, incorporated in other games in the series as well. Yeah, I do know that some of the tracks, uh, especially basically the later on in the series that you go, the more likely you are to find something that's a remix, sometimes under the same name, but sometimes under a different name. And you're just supposed (laughs) to make the connection, I guess. But uh, but yeah, it I I know what you mean about it just feeling like already listened to this somewhere else. I think that that's what I was talking about with the with the last track with the cross your heart. But uh, Reincarnated Soul does the same thing for me, I think so. So, uh, yeah. so let's go ahead and listen to that reincarnated soul from Castlevania Bloodlines. what I've chosen uh, as, as the second track from Castlevania Bloodlines. Calling from Heaven, to me, sounds like a, a very triumphant track, like the mm-hmm. the very, I'm I'm on my way to the boss and I'm going to tear him a new one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but not in the dark way that like the uh, the one from um, from the uh, Game Boy one from earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is more like a, I'm very confident that what I am doing is absolutely going to wreck shop upstairs. And uh, yeah, I, I that's kind of what I get from this, like marching off to victory almost. Yeah, the battle has already won. What I like so much about these uh, tracks from Bloodlines and Calling from Heaven as well, of course, is that you get to hear what uh, people could actually do with the sound chip of the, mm-hmm. the Mega Drive, the Yam- Yamaha-based uh, yeah. tech that was in there. It almost feels like the missing link between the NES tracks and uh, the the Super Nintendo track, you know? like It feels mm-hmm. like it, it bridges that gap a little bit. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's listen to Calling from Heaven for um, Castlevania Bloodlines. <laughs> 
we've got uh, one big game left and mm. then a kind of bonus that we're going to do uh, as, as our, uh, our wrap up. Uh, but this is the one that I that really got me into both the Castlevania series and Castlevania music, I would say. And uh, it's Symphony of the Night, which I recently discovered you have not played, Mikhail. I've played a little bit of it. We yeah. have to talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I, like I said, I've always wanted to play this game and I definitely will correct that mistake uh, somewhere in, in the not too distant <laughs> future, I hope. But the, the, the Metroidvania Castlevania games are very different games to me. Mm-hmm. They just don't feel like the, the, the old games. Yeah. Superficially, they look very much the same. Mm-hmm. You got a side-scrolling perspective. You got a character with a sword or a whip, doesn't really matter, or a spear. Uh, moving across stairs and moving up and down platforms and defeating ghastly foes. But uh, there's just something about the old school Castlevania games where you've got these really tricky obstacle course like laid out levels, right? With pits and mm-hmm. enemies put in strategic positions and they're little puzzles to work out. Whereas from what I've played of Symphony of the Night, it's more about grinding for experience and then being able to come back to other areas to defeat foes that otherwise would take ages to, to, to take down, for example. Sure. You know, it's less less skill dependent, maybe. But having said all that, I did watch my guy Howard van der Waal, uh, who goes by Heavy Metro on the Canarins forums and who has contributed to the blog uh, about Symphony of the Night, uh, uh, of all games. Uh, I did watch him uh, on his 24-hour uh, charity stream in, uh, in Japan, where he was trying to play through the whole game. And I found the music very catchy. I found that the game looks a lot more fun in the later stages than it does in the earlier stages uh, to me. So Yeah, I, I think so. It definitely gets more complex and, and more involved in some of the later stages as you get mm. access, you know, like any Metroidvania game, as you get access to more abilities and more yeah. sections of this castle. Than, and I'm a fan uh, of the Metroid than, yeah. games as well, so don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Like, that's not, absolutely not my style. It's just It like, is for sure a different thing, yeah. but uh, I think you would enjoy it. Um, and also, uh, just to reiterate, uh, Kingdom Wars issue 84 was on Symphony of the Night. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you are interested, um, you, Mikhail, or you, the listeners, uh, go and have a listen. That said, even though the later game uh, does get uh, more kind of involved and complex, the first two of the uh, tracks that I've chosen from Symphony of the Night are from the earlier game. And, you know, they can come back in the later game, depending on where you are in the castle, of course. That's the beauty of a Metroidvania. But uh, the first one is Dracula's Castle. And this is probably the first track that you're going to hear in the game proper uh, as you kind of roll up to the uh, the castle and, and start your journey. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to Dracula's Castle from Castlevania Symphony of the Night.
I mentioned that uh, the first two tracks from Symphony of the Night uh, that I had chosen were early game. And uh, this this next track is uh, one that I, I think is pretty stuck in my head as something that I hear a lot because I have started Castlevania Symphony of the Night way more times than I finished it. And I mm-hmm. finished it multiple times. Um, it, it's one of those games that I just kind of keep going back to yeah. repeatedly. So I, I'm not uh, I'm not against sometimes playing uh, a couple of hours of it just because I feel like picking yeah. it up and then just not going just back for, to it. Just for, uh, for vibing with it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. Dance of Gold, which is the second track that we're going to listen to from this game, um, is, is one that I think I hear a lot more than a lot of the later game tracks just because it is one of the earlier areas. So it's, it's something that, uh, that kind of sticks with you. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Mm-hmm. It's Dance of Gold from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. This next track, uh, which is Marble Gallery, kind of speaks to how different the music has gotten over the course of the series. Mm-hmm. It kind of has just a feeling of, I don't know, it's it's almost like you would be able to hear th- that kind of music when you were in the castle. Like, it's mm-hmm. not just a background thing. It's like, yeah. maybe this would actually be being played. And, and that's not an uncommon thing for Symphony of the Night. It's very sweeping. It's very orchestral. The mu- music is very, t- uh, from what I've watched of that stream, the music is very tied to certain section of the of the map, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Appropriately enough, you will hear this in the Marble Gallery, where there are, you know, a lot of statues and a lot of marble floors, and it's yeah. almost museum-ish uh, in, in its construction. And when I was watching that stream, uh, Howard was uh, stuck in this area for a long time, so I've heard a lot <laughs> yes. of this track, and uh, yeah, 
it was it's certainly a, a very catchy number as well. That's probably why the Symphony of the Night soundtrack stuck with me and probably with, with a number of other people too, is that if you, and this is not a, an especially short game, I know that people can beat it very quickly, but if you're playing through it on just kind of a casual playthrough, then you are going to be going back to a lot of these areas and you are going to be, you know, sticking with a lot of these areas looking yeah. for whatever exit or whatever thing you've missed in there. So, you know, you yeah. will hear a lot of this music. So That's a uh, great point. Yeah, it's not like uh, like in the older games where it's one and done. You move through that area and now you hear a new track. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to Marble Gallery from Symphony of the Night. total left two more from symphony of the night i will admit that uh, part of this title is something that i have not i don't know this word um wood carving partita mm. so this is a track that plays generally when you are in the library um it is very harpsichord centric um mm-hmm. which i i find kind of fascinating uh because I, my mother is a music teacher and uh, i i have access to some interesting instruments i've never played a harpsichord but i've mm-hmm. probably heard more of it than the average person which is a weird thing to say but <laughs> um but also it's probably true i kind of enjoyed uh, that that comes in, uh, not just in this track, but uh, also to uh, other tracks in in the, uh, the soundtrack to this game. On a related note, I have just looked up partita, which I probably should have done before the podcast started, but it means a suite, typically for a solo instrument or chamber ensemble. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, kind of a, a partita for um, a harpsichord, I would assume.
left from Symphony of the Night, I just think is beautiful, actually. Um, it is uh, called Dance of Pales. As the name actually does kind of imply, uh, it's heard in kind of a big ballroom setting where there are ghosts dancing with each other. Pretty appropriate. I've heard some piano um, covers of this that are quite lovely. So if you are interested in uh, Symphony of the Night music uh, in general, or if you just like this track once you hear it, uh, you can look that up on the YouTube to uh, to kind of hear a little bit more. But uh, I really like this track. I think that it's uh, it's very pretty. Um, and I hope that everyone has enjoyed it. Uh, remember, we do have a selection of tracks from the community that have been requested on every normal sound of play. So please do venture over to our forum at canonrince.com slash forum or at us on Twitter. That is at canonrince and request your favorites. Uh, we will we do have a, uh, a spreadsheet for those, which will uh, we like spreadsheets at canonrince. Uh, yeah. we, uh, we we do keep a lot, track of, a lot of, of spreadsheet enthusiasts in the team. Yeah, you would be surprised. I was. Um, <laughs> you, you can uh, request your favorites. We do keep track of those and we do slot them into our regular sounds of play. So uh, please do that. We love to hear from you and we love to hear uh, what is your favorite uh, as well as what is ours. 
Mikhail, thank you so much for being a part of uh, our Castlevania special here. My pleasure, really. It was really enjoyable. Yeah, we're going to leave you with uh, one final track. Uh, this is actually from a uh, the third. I, I mentioned that there were three uh, Game Boy Castlevania games, and this is the third one. Uh, it's called Castlevania Legends. It uh, was released on the Game Boy in 1998, so a pretty late Game Boy game. I don't know if it is supposed to be a good game or not. What I can tell you is that it's pretty rare. Um, I have seen prices ranging up to like $120, $130 for this Game Boy cartridge. So I don't own a copy, needless to say, but um, that might be something that I uh, look into in, in the future, perhaps. Mikhail, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you have not played Castlevania Legends because I don't think that this no. one is on the collection. No, it's not on the collection. I haven't heard of it uh, up until now. Uh, all I've heard... Uh, recently was that uh, Mr. Bloodstain himself, Koji Igarashi, uh, doesn't consider it as canon in the series. So there you go. Well, okay. <laughs> Makes it all the more uh, obscure even. Maybe. <laughs> Interesting. Well, the, yeah. uh, the soundtrack itself is by Kaoru Okada and Yoichi Iwata. The track that we're going to leave you with is another arrangement of Bloody Tears. Uh, this one, uh, again, is a Game Boy arrangement, so it's going to be a little bit different, uh, but I thought it would be nice to kind of wrap up with uh, something that uh, is so important to the series and that comes back yeah. so many times. Yeah. 